Hello, people. Hello. Oh, my. Today's a little different because we're recording during the day. This is so weird. Yes, I just woke up from, mm-hmm. like, some crazy-ass dreams. And it's rough, yeah. so. Uh, but who are we, actually? Like, we're just, like, talking about our yeah, lives. Yeah, I'm Carol. And I'm I love Stephanie. I said I'm Carol, like, with a question mark, I guess. Am I? Are we yeah. using fake names for this, like, kind of thing? No, Perhaps. Could be. Either or. Yeah. I'm actually Stephanie. Yes. She's Carol, yes. so we switch. Mm-hmm. That is true. Um, and this is Suspiria. An- another week we started without a song. Suspiria. So. Oh. It's already passed well, it. It's fine. You know what? We, we're just going to sing several songs in next week's episode <laughs> to make up for it. There, there's going to be a 10-minute segment of just me singing songs. Dude, Steph's being so secretive with next week's episode. I don't even know what it's about. She said the name of the case. I don't remember it. And she put the outline. And she's like, don't read yeah. it. You can Google about this case. I'm like, I'm not. Like, it's I... No, it's just because like, it's not even... Uh, you might be disappointed. It's just because so there's a, bad a plot episode? twist. You did like, a bad episode on purpose? No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe, but uh, no, there's a little like a small, tiny little plot twist mm-hmm. in the episode. Not even like a plot twist. I- I'm not yeah, going to tell you, Carol. Stop being nosy. Yeah. Anyway, so what is today's episode about? Today's episode is about La Quintrala de Seminario. Who you might, you might be like, well, you guys are just did La Quintrala. Why are you doing it again? Ha ha, jokes on you. She didn't pay attention to next week. No, no, sorry. Next week. Last week's episode, I said list. Like, both. That's okay. It uh, it has Mm -hmm. to do with Lexus, which is the car that we want. So, uh, this is on, uh, I guess, a part two of that. Um, Not case, because it's two different cases but the same thing yeah i mean it is i mean she it's about a lady that she was nicknamed after the last um quintrala from last episode so if you want to understand what that is about and what that word means you should listen to it it's just an hour it's barely any information like it's fine <laughs> it's all right it's yeah. totally fine. i mean as i said last episode i was when I started researching this, I was only meaning to do, like, this episode, not last week's. And I was like, yeah, I'm just going to mention the other Quintrala in it. Because this episode is really interesting. And I've been, like, eyeing, like, you know, shopping for it in a while. <laughs> like, you know, researching and everything. So, I don't know. Like, it's... I just... I couldn't, like, just make it a little note on this episode about a whole nother person. You know what I mean? As I said last week. So, here we have it, two episodes on um, evil women, because it's all we need in this earth, right, to vilify women, but this is not my mission with this. It's just covering things that are already out there. Good? Oh, last week we sang evil woman, so we can just insert a clip of me singing <gasps> no, evil but woman. I mean, yeah, I guess, I don't know. <laughs> what, what could we sing? I mean, I'll just put it. Yeah. Never mind. I'm not gonna. 
just yeah, just forget about it. <laughs> it will just make up for less epi- uh, next episode, I guess. Yes, it's gonna be the. Yes. <laughs> you know when you're like watching a show and there's a musical episode that you skip because it's awful. Yeah, there's yes, gonna be that. Gonna We're gonna do a it. musical episode that we just tell the crime in songs. But don't skip next episode because the case is pretty interesting. I couldn't tell you. Stuff is withholding information from me. You are not allowed. So let's start out. Without further ado, uh, this outline was based on articles from La Tercera, CIPER, El Mercurio, Cooperativa, El Mostrador, and the newsletter for, for the PUCDC Economics Program. The newsletter that we all read, right? Yeah, that's like the top priority. Of, of course, we have... Uh, I don't know, not even we joke about that. Anyways, so I want to start this out by saying that we will spend a good portion of this episode talking about family dynamics and about like this whole bunch of people. And it's because this is all like the motive of the crime. So you have to kind of bear with us for this little bit, but it is very relevant. Also, if you're a person that is well-versed on this case, you might notice that we're not mentioning uh, the full and complete history. And like, we, I mean, I left a lot of information out because it's not that relevant to the crime itself. And because it's just, it gets hard to follow, honestly. I had a hard time following a lot of that kind of stuff. So I just, for the sake of the narrative, so we don't all get lost on random facts we hang to kind of thing. Yeah, I, I just chose to mention, to keep it like as simple as possible, but they're still a little confusing. So we have to really pay attention on this. So, <clears throat> but just make clear, just be clear. I'm not like glossing over um, anything. I'm not like, it's just, I don't know. I'm not like, you know, oversimplifying things. You know, I'm just... Doing it for narrative purpose and sake, purposes and sakes. I don't know. Anyways. So this is a long story with many twists and turns. And it kind of takes a little bit for it to kind of get going. But when it gets going, it gets going. Okay, so you have to be patient. But I swear, it, it's like the story that keeps on giving. Like, when it gets good, it gets good, man. So <clears throat> today's episode is about La Quintrala de Seminario. Maria del Pilar Perez Lopez, also known as Pilar, because this story has like seven Marias, so each Maria has a new, a different name that I gave him. There's seven Marias in Latin America. <laughs> Are you surprised? <laughs> Anyways, like, I feel like there's seven Marias in my family know, alone. Right? <laughs> so yeah, it's crazy. yes, her nickname is La Quintrala de Seminario because of. As I mentioned, last week's um, Quintrala, that is Catalina, the uh, Quintrala from years and years and years, hundreds of years ago. But this case actually happened in 2008. No. Oh. So, uh, Maria do Pilar Pérez López was born on December 21st, 1952. I don't know where, but I'm guessing Providencia, Chile, that's... Uh, in Santiago, which Providencia is the mm-hmm. touristy part of Santiago. So, like, if you go to Santiago, you have like the the like downtown area with all the tall buildings. There's where all this is set. Really nice place. Uh, I recommend visiting. Kara really will cool. be your tour guide. Mm. You just have to pay her enough. 
that part of Santiago actually reminds me a lot of the U.S. Like, it's interesting, you know? Like, remember when I went, I was like, am I in the United States? You know? Like, it was really Ooh. interesting. They have well, this badass mall, and I remember being in there. Like, why don't I live here? Like, Sidebar, but I'm taking a Latin American politics course. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Chile was, like, the mm-hmm. most advanced country in South America. So... Maybe that's why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't mention it. Yeah, it's Chile. Again, guys. We've done a lot of Chilean ones. And I feel bad doing two in a row like that, but... Makes it sense, It is what right? it is. Kind of does. It is what it is, exactly. So, Maria... Uh, so, Pilar's family. Her dad, specifically. Jose Perez Perez. Mm. Again, with the two same yes. last names we mentioned it, like, last week. That that might be, or incest. maybe it's just like I a don't know. very. It's like in Brazil, Silva is like super common, so you're bound mm-hmm. to meet someone with the same last name. So that guy owned a bakery at the corner of Seminario in Rancagua in the commune of Providencia in Santiago de Chile. So again, that's what I mentioned. That was the big downtown area, and that bakery mm-hmm. it doesn't exist anymore. But it's still there, in a way, you know. And I'll mention that later. Anyways, uh, he's a native of Chaguasoso in Galicia, in Galicia, that's Spain. He fled Spain to avoid uh, being drafted into war. I would do the same. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, growing up, he was she was always closer to him and would never side with her mom or grandmother on anything, unlike her sister's. Madalena and Gloria. So the mom, Aurelia, had a troubled relationship with her dad, being that they have a 20-year difference in age. All right, bear with me. Okay, they got married, she was 17, and he was 36. That's kind of a lot. Like, I'm sorry, I'm not for this. <laughs> and she, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Aurelia is a very controlling person, not only, like, business-wise for the bakery, but she would also decide who Jose could see or not. That's kind of problematic. He had a brother in Chile, and she wouldn't allow him to... She wouldn't allow them to see each other. And when his sister, Maria, came from Spain to Chile to work with them in the bakery, Aurelia decided that she couldn't do it for some reason, and Maria just became the maid at that point. I don't like this Aurelia woman so far. Oh no. Can I have you can I give you a nice spoiler mm-hmm. here? I don't think many of these people that we're gonna talk to are oh, nice. Okay. It's like two yeah, it's like bad people fighting with each other. But with a few exceptions, but we'll get there. Yeah, no, yeah. she sounds a little So out of it. her grandma yeah. So the grandmother in this story, another Maria who will be calling Abuela here because there's too many Marias. So, yeah, she was kind of obnoxious, too, and Pilar would stand up for herself and call her on her BS, which is something that Jose always wanted to do, but would rather not kind of thing. So Pilar would, like, voice his sentiment to the grandma, and he would, like, vent through Pilar kind of thing, which is always really healthy, right, to have. Yeah, like... Yeah. Totally. (laughs) For sure. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Everyone knew that the dad liked Pilar more than his other daughters. And he would actually tell people, catch this, 
he would tell he would tell people that she was like the son he never had. Wow, that that's wow. exactly and what uses- you need to hear as a child. I know, and he uses the word varon. It's like varon. How do you translate that? Oh, I don't, I don't know what to translate, yeah. but it's like my boy. You know, like yeah, my my fucking big dick firstborn. Yeah, like mainly alpha boy. Yeah, exactly, the firstborn yeah. or something. I don't. Know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like my freaking strong son, Sperry. Yeah. So it's my understanding that the family sort of divided into two teams. And one of them, so that's the ones that side with the mom, the grandma, etc. And the ones that side with the dad. So the, the, sister, the sisters, Madeline and Gloria, side with the mom and grandma. And Pilar sides with the dad. So can you imagine a family dynamic that's like that? That you just have like two like people that... Are, like clan like groups that are just against each other like doing stuff together i just can't understand it It took me so long to understand like how can you just be in each other's lives like that for so long you know i can't understand it because anyway i'm not gonna go into (laughs) so yeah so all this happens because of fights over money of course so here's the thing about running bakeries. I mean, not we're talking about bread bakeries, not like going with like you know fluffy cakes and stuff. So not the fun bakeries. You have to wake, yeah, not the fun bakeries. We're talking about the kind of bakery that you have to wake up at like three a.m. to make the bread. To make yeah. bread, <laughs> yeah, and like you don't get sleep until like ten. You know, you you're serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and you're making it all, and you're sweating over bread. Like it's not easy. But they're kind of profitable. Because I can tell you something about at least Brazilians. We love bread. We eat a lot of bread. So much bread, you guys. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know about Chile, but like if it is anything like ours. Yeah, it's a lot of money. Tell you. So, with Don Jose, it wasn't any different. He would be slaving on the bakery all day and the women would take advantage of the amount of money he was making so the family kind of split like that because none of them is like right in the situation but also like i don't know a weird arrangement so the thing about don jose is that he wasn't really nice he wasn't that nice of a person either you know he was abusive he was bad bad person so, yeah, they just all turn against each other because it's all people that like fighting. Also, it's going to point out that uh, they actually lived in the building that the bakery was, was at. Which is so something like the- so common in Brazil, too. A lot of yeah. bakery owners live either on an apartment yeah. upstairs or behind. Upstairs. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. so, can you imagine, like, this thing was their whole life. Exactly. Bakery business and smell of bread constant. You wake up. Can you imagine? Like constant smell of bread in your house. I like amazing. It's but funny because kind of um, my friend, uh, one of my friends, his dad, uh, my friend's Brazilian. His dad used to own a bakery, mm-hmm. and my sister and I were like telling him like, if our parents owned a bakery, we'd be so like just eating bread mm-hmm. and like scones and sewing you oh my God. all day. <laughs> 
<laughs> but it's like it's you know not like that because my I'm so sorry. My parents owned the restaurant. Yeah, when I was yeah. little, I did not like eating actual food. I like my mom would make me food. Be like, oh, see today's uh like dish of the day or whatever the special mm. um is this so here's a little bit for you i'd be like no i want cheetos you had it so good stuff yeah, i didn't know it. it like i could be like mm-hmm. swimming in feijoada and chicken <laughs> yeah and you're like bitch where's my food that was <laughs> yes yes yeah because yeah, if you don't know this guys i love eating um cheetos mm-hmm. with condensed milk that's my favorite snack I'm so I'm gonna try it one day. Live it's on so episode. good. Everybody, go try it right now. It can't be the hot Cheetos though. Right now, I don't have it. It can't be the hot Cheetos though. Although okay. it, it could be, I just I just say can't because I don't eat hot Cheetos, so I don't know if it's gonna mm-hmm. taste good. But I mean, you're welcome to try. You know what was my childhood mm-hmm. dream to try? Since we're talking about bakeries and we already started sidebarring. Mm-hmm. You know, like, when you have, like, the sweets display in a bakery. Yeah. I don't know if they had that in Bella Rizonchi. But one of the candy they make, I know it tastes awful. I've never actually tried it. But they make, like, pastry. I don't know, like, I don't know if it's, like, fondant. I don't know what it is. But they make it, like, the shapes of, like, characters or something. Did you did your city have that? Probably. I don't... It looked so bad, but it was so colorful and nice that my, like, my childhood eyes just, like, used to pop out of my head. And my mom would be like, do you seriously want to eat that? And now I'm going to be like, uh-huh. And she was like... You know? No, you're not. <laughs> and she just never buy it to me. So I am an adult. I have my own money. Someday I'll get it. I'll get it. Someday. No. I'm an adult, okay? I'll get my childhood fucking... Peppa Pig, uh, whatever. I like going to bakeries because I always made my dad buy me um, Kinder Eggs because they were expensive (laughs) as fuck. Um, But I knew that if I went with my dad, I could just like throw a fit and he would buy them for me. That didn't work with my mom. But my dad, (laughs) I'd just be like, "Ah!" and he was like, okay, here's your Kinder Egg. Shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) yeah so that like that was my thing so he didn't like whenever we walked past the bakery he wouldn't walk in with me (laughs) because he knew i was gonna ask for a fucking kinder egg and they were super expensive when i was little like it was ridiculous i do remember like growing up that if we're like walking in the mall of the street or something past a store that I like or somewhere that has candy or whatever, my parents would just like start talking to me, like to distract <laughs> me. And then I remember like paying attention that the place is coming up, you know? And then all of a sudden I look back and it's like already past it. So like, they I, could I be like, yeah, now that. we can't go there anymore. <laughs> no, but we're, oh, that's two blocks back. You've been talking about dinosaurs or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, oh my God. Anyway, our childhood <laughs> eating habits is over. Yeah. So in 1972, Aurelia and Don Jose separated, and she ended up as the owner of the building, and it was determined that the profits of the bakery would be shared 50-50 between them. So, well, at least that's, that's good, right? At least you didn't take everything. So it's not like... But, yeah, it's... Uh, I don't know. Hmm. It's not like divorce bye-bye. It's divorce and still be present in the other person's life. 
in the 1980s, the best decade ever. Gloria, <laughs> the other sister, got married to Augustine Molina, who she met during a uh, trip to Madrid. He worked the front desk at a hotel they were staying at, and they dated long distance until he came to Chile to be with her. Oh, that's cute. I didn't think I that like long distance was a thing before the internet. <laughs> I think it was a thing, but I think it was way harder. So it's like, you better be serious about coming to Chile. Yeah, because like, it was like landlines. I remember when I was mm -hmm. little, I couldn't even call like my grandma because it was long distance, let alone like a different <laughs> country. Yeah, yeah, it's getting one letter a month and a promise ring at best. And then... So, Augustine opted to join the Abuela team. Uh, he became what is described as the man of the group and would lead their fights. So, healthy. Yes, exactly. Healthy that, family that's dynamic. exactly the type of family that you want to marry into. <laughs> so, what happened here is Augustine became one of the Uh, became the one in charge of the bakery's money. He was appointed to that role by Lady Abuela herself. He would come by at 9 p.m. or whatever, take all the money made by the bakery at any given day from the uh, cash register to the bank, meaning that Jose didn't even get to see it. Oh, mm. Mm, that's shady. Mm. Now, because Augustine was in charge of the finances of the bakery, he would pay close attention to everyone to make sure that no one was spending bakery money on personal stuff, especially those of the opposing team. Mm -hmm. That created even more friction in the family, and it made Pilar absolutely hate him. She hated him. So, Pilar was an architect. Oh, I haven't yeah. like uh, that was unexpected. Um, <laughs> this is the least unexpected things you're gonna have in this episode. Okay, like things. <laughs> She was described as a very violent, confrontational person, so the complete opposite of me. Uh, mm -hmm. She actually tried to kill her sister Gloria while she was pregnant. She didn't really work at the bakery but she was still involved with the business it is our impression that she was more involved with the family's real estate not the bakery but we could be wrong i have this picture in my head that pilar would just like show up at any moment of the day and like start criticizing things you know what i mean like we like we arranging all the displays or something like this is wrong and it just piss everyone off you know this is the impression i have but i couldn't really find what was Like, their role exactly on what they did in yeah. the bakery. I know that the dad was the ba the baker. He would actually make bread. He had, like, associates and everything. Like, yeah, this is a whole nother... Forever <laughs> past that. But Augustine would handle the money. First, Abuela would handle the money. And then Augustine would handle the money. Aurelia, I don't know what she did. Sat My there, head, never pretty. left the house. I have no idea exactly. Pilar architect but everyone says that she never really worked as an architect so i'm like what did she do all day you know i don't know but i mean it worked it didn't work for them <laughs> what am i saying it worked for them anyways yeah so by the late 90s jose's health was deteriorating he had alzheimer's oh that's sad and mm -hmm. died in 1999 The business fell into Augustine's hands, and Pilar alleges that the family kept uh, the dad in an apartment of theirs and didn't let her see him um, on his deathbed. That's messed up. So messed up. when he died, Aurelia assumes 
we think that the money and business would legally go to her because they didn't know what that he had left a will behind and she wanted to make sure that all the daughters ended up with a fair share. Okay, mm-hmm. that's nice, I guess. Yeah, wait for it. However, ha ha ha, Pilar comes out and says, well, you guys wish this was fair, but daddy left most of it for me. Ha 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 ha. Now I feel like I'm Pilar. Um, anyway. Yeah, isn't this like a novella? Yes, honestly? it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the actual distribution was as follows. 60% for Pilar. 20% for Aurelia and 10% for each of the remaining sisters. Yikes. Can you imagine, like, if you have 10, your sister has 10, your other sister has 60%. Um, <laughs> yeah, yikes. <laughs> That's messed up. It sounds fishy and sketchy, but he actually left all that for Pilar as his own wish. He really liked her that much more than everyone else. Okay, mm-hmm. so it wasn't like she manipulated him because no. he had Alzheimer's. No, he did that on his own. Did that like years before he started getting a disease too. It was like he just did that and didn't tell anyone for years. That's what I'm gonna do. So it's like revenge, like after you're dead, after you're gone. The ultimate revenge. So of course the, the family is fucking pissed and would dispute that for years and years to come. Mm-hmm. So we guess that having that kind of advantage felt really good for Pilar. Also keeping in mind that the family was divided into two teams, etc. So keeping all the money and business away from the opponent's hand was a fight that Pilar, in our opinion, felt like she had to keep up for Don Jose. Mm-hmm. That's my theory to why she was so invested in this. So as a result, she kind of made it her personal mission to make sure that the rest of her family would not get any part of their money or business or real estate. Mm-hmm. Also, it is fair to point out here that the Perez family had been in similar fights over money since the 50s. So we're talking about generations of tormented people who hated each other. Oh my god. This reminds Do you remember <laughs> that Looney Tunes cartoon bit where they had the two rednecks that like one lived in uh one hill and the other one lived in the opposing hill and they rivaled? Oh my god, mm-hmm. that was always like on Looney Tunes and then they would like go down the hill and like just shoot at each other and then come back up and like sit on top of <laughs> I'm going to find that you you <laughs> go reading i'm gonna find it what happens after the death is that they keep on fighting obviously and long story short they end up closing the bakery in 2003 augustine was in charge still at that point and pilar owned the business actually she says that he had debts with her like with bills it's a whole list and he says that the bakery hadn't turned profit in years since, like, before he took charge. So that's not really his fault. You know, he already got a failing business anyways. So let's change the subject a little bit. Pilar, believe it or not, had a personal life of her own. Uh-oh. Yeah. So, yeah, we're going back in time. We, we just left 2003 back to the 70s. She got married in 1978 to Francisco Zamora, another architect, and she had two kids with him. Pancho, as Francisco was known, was a warm, caring person who enjoyed life to the max, pretty much the opposite of Pilar. Their son, Juan Jose, or Juan Juan is going to call him, says that they were family because they all lived together. 
but there was no much affection and everything. But the relationship that the parents had was more of a uh, boss employee kind of thing. Pilata being the boss, obviously. She would call him every name in the book and he would tolerate it. So, I mean, he must have been kind of miserable. Mm-hmm. And that's something that the kids talk a lot about, you know, that they couldn't wait for the day that he would leave the relationship so he could finally start being happy, you know? Yeah. Which I cried several times thinking about this in the storyline. But anyways, it's crying for later. She had a good relationship, Pilar, with Juanjo, but the situation was different with her daughter, Rocio. As an example, okay, Rocio had really long hair and brushing it was a battle every morning. So one day, just like that, Pilar grabbed Rocio's head and smashed it on the mirror. (gasps) Like that. Rocio had uh, to have like six stitches on her head and she got a scar from that incident. Who really took care of Rocio was Madalena, her aunt. So it came, it was like to a degree that the neighbors and the people that saw them regularly thought that Rocio was Madalena's daughter, not Pilar's, because Pilar would never be seen with Rocio. How messed up is that, right? Yeah. And like, I was about to say, like, the really long hair and the being a fight every morning. Well, my mom didn't smash my head against the mirror, <laughs> but I had like really long curly hair and mm-hmm. it was, it got tangled really fast. So just seeing my mom with a comb, sometimes I would cry because <laughs> I knew she was going to yeah. brush my hair and it was going to hurt. Mm-hmm. But I, I also had really long hair. It wasn't curly, but I mean, my hair still tangles like really easily. I have to brush it so often. It sucks. And I remember too, like the pain, yeah. like when you were a kid and you're like, I want pretty long hair, but can I not brush it ever? <laughs> you know? And it was even worse. Sucks, I don't know yeah. if you've ever had lice, but mm. I had lice twice. And let me tell you, lice mm-hmm. and curly dark hair do not mix well together. <laughs> I think lice with any hair, honestly. Like, no, but like if you're blonde, it at least is easy to Uh, pick up the lights but then if your hair is dark you can't see anything yep so yeah uh pilar used to say that crispo hair i didn't know how to translate crispo because it's not curly it's uh kinky 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 hair was of broken people that's another thing that doesn't translate well but you can see what she means Mm mm-hmm and that it was her dad's fault that she looked like that. Another theme with the story is that Pilar is a classicist, racist bitch. Honestly. Then why did she marry anyway? Like <laughs> she doesn't know. I don't know. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. I just I I I got really mad. Like re- anyways, it's fucking. It's like he's your own daughter. You know how yeah. can you? <laughs> Anyways, uh, needless to say, she cut Rossio's hair really short, little after the incident. I'm talking about bus cut Rossio's hair a little after that. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And that's just one story, guys. There's many, many out there. So in 1995 or 91, sources are kind of conflicting on this information. Francisco and Pilar finally separated. I don't think that was the reason for the divorce. 
but Francisco was gay. That's the thing. The whole family already knew it. Already knew about it, and they had known about it for years. And I think that they, him and Pilar, had at least an open relationship because she would allow him to bring men back home. So, so maybe she liked watching. Okay, Pilar, I no, see. No, she would you. sleep with the kids and talk shit about the two maricons in the other room. That's what would happen. Uh, she was not okay with it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I was it's... about to say, you know, Pilar, I understand your need to watch, but anyway, it just boggles my mind. I don't understand a family. I just can't understand it. Yeah. Like, why Why do you stick with people that you don't like? Why do you stick with people that you just hate, you know? Well, I've seen a lot of instances. I'm not saying that this is her case, but that mm-hmm. women will women will stay with a man that they hate just because they mm-hmm. don't want to be, quote unquote, single moms. Or they don't want to yeah. be seen as like, oh, see, that woman got divorced. Because there's a lot of stigma mm-hmm. about, like, divorcing still, which is mm-hmm. fucking stupid. Like, if you don't like someone, just don't stay with them, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's not just that. I feel like these people specifically, they're just so they're just so desperate to have, like, a family unit mm-hmm. that's all nice and complete and... That when, I mean, some people just don't work like that. Yeah. You know, some people just, they don't, they don't work functioning with other people. And just like battling to keep it all together just destroys you yeah. emotionally, mm-hmm. you know. There's a show that, I mean, it's a podcast to listen to. That they say that, like, if family doesn't behave like family, like, you don't have any obligation to just keep on treating them like so. And I think it's so true, you know. Because also, spoiler guys, people will die on this. It's not a happy ending. You know, I'm not saying who, but like it's it's toxic people, man. Yeah, it's fights and fights and fights. So <sighs> by 2008, though, back to the nice story. Uh, Francisco had a partner and a whole new life. Him and Hector Arevalo, a doctor, by the way, had been together for a little bit. They were really happy. Rocio says that Hector uh, treated her like a daughter. And that the years that him and his dad spent together, him and her dad spent together, were the happiest years of Francisco's life. Aww. Isn't that nice? Yeah. The pictures of them, dude, so not, like, it's, I don't know. You just hear so many, like, story horror stories about Pilar that you just, like, any relationship is better than this. But I'm sure that really, they had, like, a lovely relationship, yeah. you know, both of them. So... When they separated, Pilar and Francisco, that is, she isolated Juanjo, the um, firstborn son. No, it's not, he wasn't firstborn, but her son kind of thing. And uh, he didn't see the rest of the family for years. I'm talking about his dad, sister, aunts, everyone. He didn't see them for years. However, uh, when he became an adult, he decided that he wanted to be close to his family again. And they still loved him very much. Mm-hmm. So he just kind of reapproximated. Uh, he inserted himself into the family unit again. And that was torture for Pilar to see him in a good place, relationship-wise, with the rest. Especially with Francisco, right? He was just happy that he finally had his son back. But, f- but for her, that was completely unacceptable. Of course. 
Mm-hmm. So when the kids dared to celebrate Father's Day with Francisco and Hector, she got absolutely pissed. And my theory is that when she sees her precious little son being close to the other team of the family, mm-hmm. it automatically automatically like switches her like mind frame, I guess, that because she, he is with them now, he's turning against her. You know, even though it's nothing personal to her, like everything that I saw them talking about it, they're like, yeah, I'd rather keep her as my friend than my enemy. Yeah. What kind of thought that the kids have? Like, yeah, keep my mom as my friend, not my enemy. So she doesn't get mad and tries to kill me. Like, I don't know. She's cuckoo bananas. She's not absolutely beautiful, though. So <laughs> that she's is just, just bananas. You're the only cuckoo bananas <laughs> and absolutely beautiful in this place. <laughs> just the bananas. Anyways. So, naturally, <laughs> what do you do? What is your first thought when you don't like someone? Oh, I know. What, and like, what do you do about it? Like, okay, I don't like Carol. <laughs> I could block her. I could move away from her. I could lose her number, but no. Shit in the back, set it on fire, put in the doorstep. Exactly. No, but you know what Pilate did? She contacted a hitman, because that is the natural course of action to do. So she contacts hitman Jose Rus, uh, the owner of a strip club, to kill Francisco and Hector on April 23rd, 2008. Their bodies were found in their home at Providencia with multiple bullet wounds. So it wasn't even like execution style. It was like multiple bullets. I don't think that guy was a great hitman, by the way. Yeah. More on that later. But he was not a good hitman. I think he's just like a strip club owner to just that there happens spit up to on have the table. a gun. Yeah. And she walks in like, hey, do you want to kill anyone? And he's there like twirling his gun like Southwest <laughs> style. You know what I mean? And he's like, I could kill someone. Yeah. I could do that. How much? Yeah. So Pilar was responsible for the crime and the family kind of knew it. That they knew that it had to be her from the get-go. But the police didn't see the crime that way. They arrested their landlord for double homicide instead. Okay, police. Anyway. So You thought that wasn't gonna be a wrongful conviction on this episode. I bet you thought, but I told you when it starts get to get going the episode it, like it's this is gonna get even crazier okay. Fast forward to November fourth, uh, two thousand eight. Oh, that's my cousin's birthday. Oh. Um, Diego Schmidt Hebel, a young Hebel 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 Hebel. I don't fucking Hebel. know. It's German. Know. Uh, mm-hmm. A young economist is coming over to see his girlfriend Belen Molina at her place. She is the daughter of Gloria and Augustine. Remember them? Remember them? Did you forget about them Amazing already? family to, to get a girlfriend into, right? Yeah. I mean, poor Belen, though. She, she, she doesn't have anything to do with this. But she's compromised by association here. Yeah. And so is poor Diego. I mean, So Belen and Diego were outside of their house saying hi to each other. And just like that, right in front of her, he was murdered. He was attacked by a gunman. First, he was stabbed on the head. Ow. Then shot to the chest. 
it was presumed that the incident was a mugging gone wrong. Uh, he died at the hospital because he lost a tremendous amount of blood. Oh my god, that's so ugh, guys. Can you imagine? I've already said this before, but don't. If you're gonna kill me, don't stab me. Um, Can you imagine though? You're standing like in your house, saying hi to your boyfriend. A fucking crazy person comes over and stabs him in the head. Yeah. Like you don't, you can't prepare for that kind of thing. You know. I feel like of the list of bad things that go through your mind through like every situation. You know what I mean? You know, like when you get into a movie theater and you go like, "Where's the nearest exit? What are all the bad things that could happen with me while watching this movie?" Do you have that kind of thought, or is it just me? Not about movie theaters. <laughs> Although there's been, like, quite a few shootings in theaters. Like, the my yeah. first thought when I go to a movie theater is, like, okay, I need to be centralized. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, definitely. No, but I'm saying that because I went to watch the Elton John movie this past weekend. Mm-hmm. Was it And good? I really, I had, I almost had a panic attack in the movie theater. Because I walked in and my seat, my seat was, like, the last one on the corner of the... Uh, theater which is fine except that there was only one aisle to get to the seat so like my seat is on one side of the movie theater the aisles on the other one so it's like if anything happens i am the very last person to leave this movie theater you know so i was it felt like i was like in a shoebox like it was awful man and i was like okay i cannot do this i cannot believe because it isn't disney property you guys i was like i cannot believe mickey would do this to me you know (laughs) I'm just here watching this very gay movie and I cannot have a good time. Like, what is this? And, I mean, I was fine. I didn't die. But, I mean, it's... What was what was talking about? What was we, what were we saying with the... Because it was an unexpected Oh, yeah, anyways, death. out of the bad possible things that could happen, I think getting stabbed in the head is, like, the 80th thing I'm going to think about. That's such a nightmare. Okay, so... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. This is... Um, I, I slept probably like two hours today. Carol is like really tired. panicking all of our listeners. Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I don't want to induce any kind of anxiety if you're in the movie theater wa- watching Elton John's movie right now. <laughs> but have- why would you be watching <laughs> Elton John's movie and listening to your podcast? <laughs> is the movie that boring? No, the movie's good. The movie's fine. Yeah. Um, I might take my dad. My dad has never been to the theater and he... Mm. Elton John is one of his favorite singers. Yeah, you should. It's really good. I mean, Elton John doesn't actually sing any of the songs, though. The actor sings it? Yeah, the actor sings it. My dad but won't I know the fairly, difference. Yeah, I didn't know this either. It's good. The guy doesn't look like Elton John, but he's... But it's okay, good. you're making this movie sound bad now. You already <laughs> talked about shooting. Then you say that it wasn't Elton John, and now you're saying that he doesn't look like Elton John. Anyway, he let me keep... He doesn't look like Elton John, though. I mean... He like he has the Elton John costume on, and you look at it and you go, "Okay, it's Elton John," but he doesn't. Anyway, stop the sidebar. This isn't a <laughs> chit chat episode. I'm gonna edit half of it out. Okay, so, however, the investigation soon changed and uh, narrowed down to Jose Rus, uh, who is the hitman that Pilar had hired. He confesses just a month after Diego was murdered, naming Pilar as the person who ordered the hits. By the way. Diego would only be the first. She was planning on killing everyone. Her mom, her sisters, her niece Belen, Augustine, everybody. 
She wanted them all dead. <laughs> so police goes up to arrest her for the murders, uh, for the murder. And when they get there, they find out that she had just tried to commit suicide by overdosing on pills. Excuse me? Yeah. Right? She survived, though. Jokes on her. You gotta, like, take more than one bottle of Tylenol, girl. Um, <laughs> it was determined that she offered the hitman 40 million pesos for the job, which I don't know how much that is, but... Um, and I'm I'm gonna guess like forty thousand. Oh, okay. I don't know. I I'm sorry, guys. I didn't do that. But I mean, we're talking about forty million, right? I don't think it's like an outrageous number. Yeah, no. I was talking to my but, uh, coworker who's from Vietnam, and she told me that like in Vietnam they have five hundred thousand, whatever their dollar is bills, because mm-hmm. their currency is not like worth a lot. Anyway, who cares? Um. Is she even about fifty-seven thousand U.S. dollars. Yeah, that's a good amount of money. It's a good amount of money. Before I hit on the whole family, though, mm, you don't know how mm. desperate he was. Um, yeah. She even gave him. The... I could invest in some new Wonder Woman for my strippers. Like that's yeah. good. That's a great thing. They need new platform meals. I guess <laughs> that's amazing. So she yeah. even gave him the blueprints of the houses to facilitate the killings. For the hit on Francisco, uh, an actor, she paid three million. So, from you did the math, listeners. Yeah, like <laughs> I'm not gonna go. Yeah. So from the jail, she tried to send some money to the family of the hitman, so he would change his initial statement. But obviously, that didn't work out. Yeah. It was, I mean, they try to explain what she actually tried to do with this and, like, the whole ins and outs of her operation from the deal. And I'm like, this is just stupid. I'm not going to talk about this because it didn't work out. That's how stupid it was. So when the trial came, the members of the family all testified against Pilar, including her daughter, Rocio. They described years of fights, torment, and just how miserable Pilar had made them. Rocio never referred to Pilar by name. She only called her La Senora over there. And the judge had actually say, like, what do you mean when you say La Senora? She's like, yeah, that woman that's sitting over there. The defendant kind of thing. Wow. Sick burn. Rocio says that, says on her testimony that from the day she was born, Pilar was dedicated to make her life impossible to live. Yeah. Also in court, uh, her daughter-in-law, Montserrat Hernando, Hernando accuses her of beating her up and trying to push her down the stairs because she didn't approve her relationship with her son, Juanjo. Wow. Another common theme with Pilar, she never liked the people that their kids date, Rocio and Juanjo. But with Montserrat, it was not like she was a new girlfriend. They had, like, eloped. They had, like, promise rings. You know, it was... No. No, Rocio eloped. But one who had promise rings with um, Montserrat. And then she just got mad because it's like, my son went to the best schools and you are not good enough. And she just pushed them down, pushed Montserrat uh, downstairs, her. <sighs> what a bitch. Again, it's it's bad to have that, that kind of person like around you. Like, not that they have, not that they're like in any fault. To, you know, be born to a mom like that. Mm-hmm. But just sh- collectively shun her, you know? 
she was sentenced to life in prison. That's the max sentence in Chile, of course. And uh, she was uh, for the murder for, for the murders of Francisco, Hector, and Diego. She was also convicted of attempted homicide for the hits on her mom, sisters, and sisters, niece, and brother-in-law, and also bodily lesion for the time she beat Montserrat up. Good. The hitman, Jose. Good. Good. I know, right? The hitman, Jose Ruz, was also sentenced to life in prison for the same crimes, except for the beating because he wasn't there. So, Pilar was ordered to pay 150 million pesos to the family of Diego Schmitebo, with uh, also 50 million for the kids, for her own kids, for Duns Morais. How would you translate Duns Morais? That's like a, a settlement, like a civil suit settlement. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I guess. 50, 15 million for Belen and $5 million for her mother and her sisters. So, she's poor now. She, today, is at the women's prison of San Joaquin, where she goes to mass every Sunday. Of course, she and does. En- <laughs> and enjoys to crochet and, make, and to make rosaries. She's one of the leaders of the religious community of the prison. And that means that she was one of the organizers of the visit that the Pope made there a few years ago. The cool Pope? The the, the Pope, yes. No, but like the, the, cool, the pope. cool Pope? Yes. <sighs> yeah. mm-hmm. Anyway. She, has, she says also that she's not happy by the way that the media is portraying her. Saying that she became a... Because the media likes to say that she became an evangelical Christian in jail. But she's like, excuse me, I have always been a Catholic. I'm still a Catholic kind of thing. So she's like, don't get my story wrong, please. To this day, she still says that she is absolutely innocent. That she didn't do nothing. And a lot of the people that come into contact with her and live with her and you know talk to her say that there's no way that she did it. She's such a lovable woman. <laughs> she is so uh, like she sounds anyway. Anyways, so being her cellmate is not easy apparently because she has had a ton of her uh, previous cellmates requested to be moved. Um, since it's probably impossible to deal with her as a person in a cell. Makes sense. She's also been like beat in jail, I think, once. Good. Yeah. She smokes thirty Lucky Strike cigarettes a day, and is in her late sixties. So it's safe to say that she is right on track to dying soon, or not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> because I will tell you. So when I was younger, whenever I met an old lady, she automatically became my grandma. So I had a lot of grandmas. And mm-hmm. one of my grandmas, who was my cousin's cousin's grandma, but I called mm-hmm. her grandma as well. She died in her 90s and she was mm-hmm. still smoking. And she had been smoking since she was like nine. So. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. <clears throat> yeah. So. And evil people always take very long to die. So mm-hmm. there's always that. Exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Let me translate that. Bad face doesn't break. Yeah, th- yeah, that doesn't make sense. Only the pretty ones. 
So last year, she tried to take her case to the Supreme Court of Chile to see if she could be exonerated, possibly. But, I mean, there's not many news on how that's going, just that she took the case to the Supreme Court. So that could take a while to happen. But, I mean, I don't think anything will happen. I don't think that she will be released because it's kind of uh, known that she is a danger to society because she's a psychopath, you know. I know that's not enough um, probable cause to keep her in jail if she is really innocent. And it hasn't but, even been you know, that long since the crime, so... Yeah. I mean, I think what she's trying to do here is, like, get out uh, so she can be old in peace and wait for her, sec- like, retrial or something in, pe- in uh, Liberty. But I think because it's deemed that she's a dangerous society, they won't let her out. So she will probably die in jail waiting for the Supreme Court to get to her case. That's my guess. But if anything else happens, we will update you guys. We always say that. And we have a few updates on crimes that we have talked about before. So we just have to wait to do a massive updates on yes, all the cases. Exactly. So, mm-hmm. Her kids, Rocio and Juanjo, are doing good for themselves. They have successful, no, they have successful careers and kids of their own today. They say that it has been over 10 years now, so they're kind of over all of it. So they try and live normal lives, although they feel empty inside because of all that has happened in their lives. But they're doing okay, though. They emphasize that. We're doing all right. Juanjo says that at least he's glad that his mother is alive. You know, that some people have moms that are dead and at least he's alive. That's the point that this is at. Like, isn't this the saddest thing? Ever? At least my mom's a psychopath. She's in jail for triple homicide. She sent a fucking pimp of a hitman to go. Like, but at least it's alive. I sad, guess. Right? Mm-hmm. The punt- Okay. The- <laughs> Shift change of subject here. The Pontificia Universidad Católica de Chile was uh, has an award named after Diego Schmidt Hebel, which uh, in which the most notable TAs uh, are awarded and celebrated by Diego's own dad. He goes to the university that his son graduated in to award uh, other kids on their um, academic accomplishments, like every year. Every year. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. Which, it sucks that I couldn't find a lot more about the victims in this case. It always bums me out so much because you have, you have this big personality that is pillowed and, like, how everyone just, like, focuses on her, you know? Yeah. Which, I'm going to be very honest with you. When I saw that there was a gay couple in this case, I thought that everything was going to be about them, you know? Yeah. And how they live a life of sin or whatever. But I think the Chilean media is at least a little progressive or they just didn't care that much about that because you have an evil woman psychopath in the mix, you know? I don't know. Like, every everywhere I saw it mentioned, it was just like, yeah, him and his husband acted. Him and his husband acted. And it's not like... But they again, they barely talk about acted. I had to like... I'm talking about fucking ramished through things to find out that he was a doctor and that's just all the information that i had about him that's crazy. which kind of sucks you know media do better investigate yes exactly you know? we want to know the deets mm. i want to know how his mom is doing she's still alive right we don't know that 
Does he have family? I don't know. You guys. So, tell yeah. us what you think this woman should go through in jail in the comments. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she's... I'm not gonna say her jail life is great, but she has friends in jail. She doesn't deserve she's in, to like, have friends. She's in like a jail like Tremembe, you know, that she has like it's only like I think twelve women that have committed like high profile crimes, you know? Yeah. So she's there like I think her best friend is like the girlfriend of a like famous singer or something that is in jail for drugs. Or whatever, I don't recall the name of the the persons. But, I mean, she's like... The prison is organizing visits for the Pope. First of all, why is the Pope visiting that jail? Specifically. With the psychopathic women, you know? The high-profile ones. Well, the Pope is probably like doing like missionary work. Yeah, but do missionary work with other people, not those 12 evil bitches. Listen, the Pope just you know? likes to do his thing. He is a different Pope. Mm-hmm. He doesn't follow the um, padrões impostos pela sociedade. You know? Mm-hmm. <sighs> Talking about uh, things imposed by society did you say that they finally criminalized homophobia in brazil i did that was good mm-hmm. that was good i did not see that coming and tell you what i did i didn't either mm-hmm. it just came like that I didn't which either. i saw a statistic did you know that uh trans people in brazil have a life expectancy of 35 years yes i actually saw an interview Holy with shit uh, one of my favorite memes in the world, uh, uh-huh. Luisa Marilac. Uh-huh. I saw she was recently on um, De Noite, and uh, she was talking about that. Oh, what was she doing there? She did an interview with Danilo Gentili. I know, but with Danilo Gentili, like... He interviews, like, all sorts of people. I know, but he's not a nice guy to be giving your time to. You know what, Carol? I have no opinion on that. I mean, it's just because... I don't know. Do the shout-outs. I need to leave in six minutes because I got to work. Shout-outs. Okay, yeah. Guys, when am I going to like not have to go to work? When you retire. Wow. <laughs> by, the, by then, I'm just going to be dead. Okay, shout-outs. This week we have Dani, Kawani, Destiny, Thais, Evelyn, Sophia, Alex, Lionel, Kaylin, and Sarah. You forgot PJ, our new Facebook fan. We have a new Facebook fan? Mm-hmm. Well, you stole the notification from me because I didn't get that. Well, <laughs> Well, then special shout out to PJ because... The special ones when Steph says it because she never does. And I think we're shouting out people from a specific part of the world today, right, too. Because we always we started doing that last week. And I like it. So I'm going to keep it up with drum rolls. No drum rolls. Oh, drum rolls. I'm sorry. 
pay attention to stuff. Look alive. Okay. Where is it? Belfast. Mm-hmm. Yay. Belfast in Ireland. Mm-hmm. In Ireland, yes. Isn't that where they, they built the Titanic? I know a lot of useless Titanic I, uh, facts. No Welcome to the random Titanic trivia <laughs> corner. Of I know a lot of... I've seen way too many documentaries on the Titanic. How many times have you seen the Titanic yet? Uh, Again? I think I stopped counting when I was like 16 or 17. And I had seen 173 times by then. Do you know the lines? I, I remember that uh, Titanic was the first sex scene I saw in the movie. I was like, do they film that? kind of thing as a child but i think it might have been the first sex scene but uh the titanic the first time i saw it when it was when i was four and mm-hmm. um shika da silva was already on do you remember mm-hmm. that telenovela shika da silva mm-hmm. and there was a lot of nudity in that <laughs> so i don't think i was very impressed by titanic's sex scene because i was like well uh, the other novella shows this woman's vagina well, yeah. so because it literally showed, like, full front Yeah. So, yeah. Back in my day, we didn't used to have that kind of <laughs> Yeah. Back in my day. <laughs> Back in my day, everybody wore turtlenecks, everything, fully covered. Fully covered. Yes. Opera length gloves on everyone. No one else shows any skin. Anyways, on that note, guys, thank you so much for listening. Yes, this week. Yeah, thank you for uh, following part two of this because I know you mm-hmm. were, must have been so excited for it. Yeah, especially when we didn't drop an episode yesterday. <laughs> yes, because mm-hmm. you know what? I'm not even. That's gonna be life happens. Uh, a family life ep- a future episode, episode on families. Yeah. another family dynamic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Guys. Anyways, guys, until next time, next week with the ultra top secret top secret investigation stuff yes launched into something i don't know what it is exactly Mm, next week i hope you guys have a good end of the world ciao ciao thank you for listening to another episode of suspiria a true crime podcast if you are a creep and enjoy listening to all of that horrible information Please check out our previous episodes and write us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And also follow us on social media. We're on Twitter and Instagram as Suspiria Podcast. Facebook is also Suspiria Podcast. If you want to follow Carol, you can follow her at Suspiria Carol. And you can follow me at eu.steph. Note, none of us post anything interesting. We do, actually. If you have any case suggestions, feel free to drop them over at suspiriapodcast at gmail.com. Or if you want to be part of this podcast, you can also email us. We promise we won't bite. Ciao! Ciao.